horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Okay, so glad you're joining us here on Winning Ponies once again. I'm your host, John Engelhart, and I hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving with your family or friends. I know I did, because this year we didn't do the uh, huge, humongous get-together with uh, a group of uh, friends and almost family, uh, because... They now have so many kids married with in-laws. I think it just got too big, and they said, well, you want to push this back to Christmas? And it'd be like, yeah, no problem. So it was nice and easy, relaxed, uh, kicking back at home, uh, just just family and one girlfriend. Not mine, not mine. My wife was there. Um, and uh, so it was, it was a good time, and I hope that you had a good time. I know that your plate was full as far as racing was concerned, because I probably won't even get near finishing up on all the graded stakes results uh, towards the end of this segment. Now, at the beginning of this segment, let's just uh, remind you all that the quickest way uh, to riches is through our easy win forms. And before I even get to that, I want to thank our friends at Woodbine Entertainment for being such excellent sponsors of Winning Ponies. Now, talking about the easy win forms, you know, Turfway Park just opened up, and we are off and running. Started out in the first race with a $10 super key that paid $7,600. Unbelievable. Also caught the try in that race that was a cold it's a cold try. It's cold outside. $4,329. So Turfway up and running, and the Easy Way forms are doing just fine. Please come over and get them. Of course, we cover races from coast to coast, and uh, we uh, we score some pr- pretty big hits, as you can see. You can go to winningponies.com and check out our history of uh, the events that we've covered and the cash tickets that we have given out to our friends through the easy win forms all right now our first guest is uh, a a gentleman i kind of met over the internet at first as it turns out i had already met him at person at a stallion showcase one time and his name is kyle rothfuss and uh which of course i'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. i could be rothfuss i don't know but anyhow he's we're I got contacted uh, through the Caribbean Thoroughbred Aftercare uh, after Hurricane Maria, which, of course, is regarded as like the worst natural disaster on record to affect the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico. Um, Of course, they do have racetracks there, and um, I want to find out how they save the horses, but also he got got a hold of me. He says, hey, we we, uh, found this horse – by the name of Worthy of Wings, and it's an Ohio bred that made something like, I'm going to say, 138 starts. 72 of those were in Ohio. And he said, can you help us, you know, through your organization that I had up uh, to try to find 
the breeder of this horse. And uh, so I did my best through the racing commission um but the breeder was nowhere we had the name but we couldn't find her uh but they did manage to get the horse from puerto rico back to the u.s and back up into ohio so uh he's gonna tell us about the caribbean thoroughbred aftercare program uh how they reacted to the tragedy after hurricane maria and how worthy of wings is doing and what her next career may well be so that's Kyle, who'll be our first guest. And our second guest will be, oh, he's becoming a regular on the show. He's one of my favorite guys in racing. Bob Ralbert Roberts will join us in a good day at uh, Aqueduct. Let's hope that the, the rain, rain has gone away, or snow for that matter, because they have four graded stakes races on the card. Of course, highlighted by the Cigar Mile. Grade one, $750,000. Mendelssohn, back for another dance, baby. Uh, he's still uh, shopping. He ha- hasn't had a win since uh, over in Dubai at Maidan when he took the UAE Derby in that just amazing race where he won by 18 and a half lengths. His turn of foot was absolutely sensational. But since there's been knocking but hasn't been able to get in and graded stakes races in the United States, was fifth most recently in the Breeders' Cup Classic behind Accelerate and uh, was uh, a game third in the Jockey Club Gold Cup at Belmont when he came over. So uh, he's going to head up the graded stakes races. We'll see how many of those races we can get to um, but uh, Bob Roberts, he's a native Clevelander, and sad to say we lost another native Clevelander, Chuck Scaravilli. He was a longtime daily racing form writer, a race tracker. Uh, uh, Chuck's, uh, is, he's got three generations that are still involved in racing, but he was a great guy. I uh, didn't realize that as a teenager he had galloped horses and trained for almost 40 years because when I met him, he was working for the Daily Racing Form uh, back in the uh, early 80s. And uh, he went on to do that from 67 to 97 as the chart caller. And back then they did clocking duties too. Uh, and then, of course, that's been handed over to Equibase. But Bob Roberts will have some stories on Chuck Scaravelli. But I am uh, saddened to hear the news that uh, he is no longer with us. But, man, if you can live to 90, you're beating the odds there already. And talk about beating the odds. Well, Gary Stevens beat the odds for a whole lot of years, but uh, it looks like he's definitely going to retire from the saddle. This time, uh, he went to the doctor, they checked his spine, and uh, they said, Gary, it's just too dangerous. If something should happen, you might be, next time you see me, you might be in a wheelchair. So he's decided to call it quits, but he had a great return. He's 55 now, and uh, you may recall that Gary's retired twice before. Uh, from 2006 to 2012, uh, and then when he came back in 2013, we had him on uh, as a guest here on Winning Ponies, and he picked up right where he left off at the top level. He rode Oxbow to victory in the Preakness Stakes and Mucho Macho Man uh, to the Breeders' Cup Classic. Nothing wrong with that. And then, of course, let's not forget, he guided champion Beholder to that memorable win over the previously unbeaten Songbird in the 2016 Breeders' Cup. This staff, that win marked his 11th career Breeders' Cup triumph and came 26 years after his first victory in the World Championship. So he uh, 
retires with 5,187 career victories, nine or triple crown wins, including three Kentucky Derbies and earnings of over $258.2 million. And luckily, he has uh, been acknowledged by uh, those in racing with the Outstanding Jockey Eclipse Award in 1998, uh, one year after he was voted in the Racing's Hall of Fame. But I'm glad he is retiring safe and sound. Now, we're going to be covering those big races on the East Coast. And let's not forget, there is the Grade 1 Hollywood Derby uh, this weekend. And uh, Chad Brown uh, sent two horses over there. But uh, because of the rains, you probably some of it, saw some of it on the national news, uh, particularly after the tragic uh, forest fires they had. But uh, a lot of rain out there on the West Coast. So the main track has been closed to training due to that wet weather. So uh, basically, uh, his horses um, were just walked in the shed row. And uh, we are talking, let's see, first about instilled regard this horse brought headlines when it was purchased for $1.5 million at the Ocala, Ocala sale in 2017. Now, back then, the horse was given to uh, Jerry Hollendorfer, and then it was eventually turned over to Brown. And he didn't have really great success with him after he got him. He finished last in the Pennsylvania Derby. Uh, but they say that he's doing really well, and uh, they'll see how well uh, he, he does out west. Now, the other horse that Chad's sending is Raging Bull. He's a French-bred son of the stallion Dark Angel. That Raging Bull won four of his first five races. And among those, the Grade 2 Hall of Fame stakes on a yielding turf. This race is run on the turf at Saratoga in August. And the Grade 3 Saranac on a good turf. So Raging Bull, good experience on turf courses that have been watered. And uh, I have to believe that certainly Delmar has been watered. Okay, this is... um, some breeding news. You may recall I Want Revenge. He was the favorite for the Kentucky Derby. He's 12 now. Uh, sad to say he passed away. He just went through uh, the sales ring at the Keeneland November sale. 12 years old. Son of Stephen got even. Missed the Derby. Uh, I remember being with Joe Talamo that day. He was supposed to ride him. I believe he was scratch day of. Back then, Talamo was kind of a young kid, and he took it pretty good for somebody that was going to be riding in his first Kentucky Derby. So uh, then there was a really turbulent racing and stallion career. Uh, He got involved in some legal uh, dispute. And uh, so anyhow, it it delayed his uh, ability to to go right to – being, being a stud, uh, but he did uh, win three times in 14 starts for 928000 It's sad to say, I want revenge that was going to be uh, sent to Indiana as a stallion, uh, no longer with us. Shanghai Bobby's not going to be with us, but not because he's passed away. He is going to Japan. The eight-year-old son of Harlan's holiday is right now a top five second crop sire. Kind of surprised to see him heading out of here. Well, Josh Bagash, my producer's telling me I only got a couple minutes left in this segment. So let's knock out some of the top stakes races from, from well, I'll say Turkey Day on through the weekend. Uh, there was the Hollywood Turf Cup stakes. That was a grade two on the turf. And the winner was Chicago Style, trained by Tom Proctor. Got the job done over Bigger Pitcher and Beach View. We're starting here 
on the West Coast, but mo- moving to Kentucky, a lot of good stuff happened down there over the weekend. Got to watch it. How, how about the Clark Handicap? And it was Leo Frick and Bravazo dueling down the stretch, and Leo Frick got the job done. Man, how hot is trainer Brad Cox right now? He was absolutely on fire. He got his first grade one win. Again, this race a half a million, grade one. And um, second was Bravazo, and third, Seeking the Soul. So congratulations to Brad Cox. Man, he has had a great run. Uh, Moving on to some of the other ones in New York, it was Life in Shambles taking the Fall High Weight Handicap. That race, 200,000, grade three, Life in Shambles over Hartwood and Always Sunshine. And uh, Life in Shambles was trained by Jason Service. you got to watch out for the services uh, when they show up for sure. And the uh, Goldenrod down at Churchill, it was Lee Ora getting the job done over Restless Rider, Kenny McPeak's favorite in there, and High Regard. And uh, so uh, Leora, it, it was a game effort. I mean, it was a really tough race, uh, but uh, definitely got the job done. Leora over Restless Rider over High Regard there. So another candy ride does fine. You know, I've always been high at on him. And then in the Fall City Handicap at Churchill, it was Prado's Sweet Ride galloping to victory over Divine Miss Gray and Dutch Parrot. And in the Jockey Club Stakes, Kenny McPeak winning with the General Quarters Colt here. Uh, Colt. Signalman got the job done over Plus Q Parfait and Lionite. Again, that the Kentucky Jockey Club Stakes, grade two. Going to be pointing towards the Kentucky Derby, he hopes. Anyhow, I'm getting the word from my producer that it's time for me to get on out of this segment. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to Kyle Rolfus. You're listening to Winning Ponies. I'm John Engelhart. We'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. 
Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me right now, a first-time starter, Kyle Rolfus, for the first time, is going to join us here. Uh, as I told you at the top of the show, he's been involved with uh, one story of one horse uh, that survived Hurricane Maria. Uh, he's... Uh, kind of connected to the Caribbean Thoroughbred Aftercare Program. Uh, he's got some great people working with him, Shelly Blodgett and Kelly Stoby, I believe her name is. And it's kind of a, uh, oh, I don't know, an underground railroad, if I could say that, only it doesn't go underground, it goes <laughs> over the ocean. So, Kyle, welcome to Winning Ponies. Good to hear your voice again. Thanks, John. Yeah, it's great to be here. I forgot that we had actually to be able met. to talk about it. Yeah, you yeah. know, but it, it's funny that we had actually met uh, back at the the stallion show at Poplar Creek. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's an interesting story on one of their stallions in the Blood Horse this week. Uh, parents reward one of the last surviving uh, Mister Prospectors uh, still at stud. So, oh. uh, but uh, anyhow, yeah, Robin's we, got we, such we, a great place there. So. Yeah, well, well, it's great to connect a, a, a name with a face, even though I had to go in reverse. It's like, oh, yeah, I met him. But uh, So, Kyle, kind of paint the picture for us. I'm going to go on a couple levels here. A, I want to find out who yeah. you are and what you do. B, I want to find out about the work between Kelly and Shelly. And C, I want to hear about the story of Worthy of Wings. So let's start out with yeah. Kyle. How did you get involved in the game, and at what level are you now? Yeah, so I initially got involved with thoroughbred racing back in uh, the early 90s, early 2000s, working for a bloodstock agent out in Pennsylvania. So I got kind of, I used to train, I started out as a rainer, then did dressage work with warm bloods and got the thoroughbred bug with um, working for Charlton Bloodstock. So Rick and Dixie Abbott were uh, doing bloodstock work down and, you know, we'd go down to Keeneland and get the, you know, the, the, the babies prepped and things. So that's kind of when I first got the bug with thoroughbreds. That would have been, you know, what, almost 20 years ago. And then took a hiatus from horses. And about uh, five years ago, I got an off-track thoroughbred mare who I competed in the 2015 thoroughbred makeover with. So I kind of, um, from there, the last, you know, the last, well, I got her in 2000 and, oof, was it 14? So it's only been four years. So 2014, and those past four years have been, uh, quite a roller coaster of I've done the third makeover every year. Um, I focus a lot on groundwork and transitioning. And now that mayor had her first foal this year, who is by Vertiformer and that Philly will be, my goal is to race her. So I officially now have my first racehorse in my backyard that has not been retired. Everyone else has been retired uh, thoroughbred mares. That's great. Hey, just to educate our audience a little bit, if you can capsulize what the thoroughbred makeover is, so we're not talking over anybody's head. 
Yeah, of course. So the Retired Racehorse Project basically created an event uh, several years ago now. They, they've transitioned it in 2015 down to Kentucky. Um, but it's an annual event that's open to trainers from all over the U.S. and Canada, and even internationally, we've had some people fly in from wherever. And the stipulations are the, the horse has to have been off the track less than 18 months, and we basically have 10 months to retrain them for one of 10 disciplines. So it started, you know, in the first year I was there, it was about 180 horses. Um, we've grown, it's grown quite significantly. This year we had a little over 500 horses there. There were 780 accepted trainers. Um, so it's, it's really grown. It's down at the Kentucky Horse Park every October, the first weekend in October. And we take horses uh, from the track. Um, and the goal is to really show the community that these horses have a lot of value, that thoroughbreds excel in every kind of discipline and that they have uh, a good getting them, you know, transitioning, kind of building a bridge from racing to a second career. Well, thanks a lot. Well, hey, listen, Kyle, so I don't screw it up again. How do I pronounce your last name? You actually got it pretty pretty well. It's Rothfuss, but uh, uh-huh. you, you said it pretty well. Yeah, just like David Lee Roth and Foosball. <laughs> I said it fast so nobody could hear my mistake. Well, yep. quickly, uh, if you can, kind of... Tell us the story uh, about Worthy of Wings and your relationship mm-hmm. with Shelly Blodgett and Kelly Stobie and what they do with yeah. the Caribbean Thoroughbred Aftercare Program. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, so my story with, with Worthy actually started before, so last year, that for this year's makeover, um, so earlier this year in February, I was introduced to Caribbean Thoroughbred Aftercare because uh, there was a mare there named Run Binky Run who had raced 96 times. Uh, was in Puerto Rico, Kentucky bred by Song and a Prayer, and had foundered. She had lived through both hurricanes. She was in a pretty bad state, but they were looking. They had a lot of faith in getting her somewhere, and they wanted her to get stateside. I was asked by um, a friend, Jen Royce, who uh, used to write for Pollock Report, and she's been sure. very active in things. Yeah, you probably know Jen. So Jen actually yes, reached do. out and said, Kyle, I think you, you need this mare. So I decided to take a chance on a horse from Puerto Rico who had, you know, I love my war horses and she, she came up here and then I competed in the makeover and competitive trail with her. And she's now retired to a home in Southern Kentucky on a beautiful 60 acre farm. So it kind of, but that got me connected to what there's, wow, what are these horses coming from Puerto Rico? They run a lot. This is awesome. Caribbean third after care had, um, had done a lot, obviously, through the hurricanes of coordinating and helping get food to horses and helping the, the kind of coordinate for the track and getting horses into homes afterward. Uh, so that built the relationship or established it. And then I decided that I wanted to do it again. So they had an Ohio bred, and I'm in Ohio, so you got to have some pride. And uh, they have an Ohio, Ohio bred named Worthy of Wings who raced 138 times. Um, she raced 87 times before she even got to Puerto Rico. And then the last 51 in Puerto Rico over the last four years. So didn't make a lot. She made 139,000 in those starts. Um, just around, you know, a good, a good looking mare. She's held up well. Um, she was, you know, bred here in Ohio. And then it was just a great story to be able to say, Hey, here's a, a horse who's 13, had a lot of starts out of the gate. Um, she's held up. She's not, you know, she's ready to retire. Let's raise the funds and get her here. And then I'll compete with her in the third makeover for 2019 and get her transitioned into a forever home. K 
can you can you tell us? I, I guess Kelly Stobie might have been the the point person down in in Puerto Rico. Well, what actually happened yeah. after Hurricane Maria? I've got to guess. Were, were these horses running loose? Were they finding him? Were they somehow able to corral them during the hurricane and keep them in one spot? Do you know? Yeah, some of them were. Um, there were some of them were running loose. Uh, I've gotten pictures of it. I obviously wasn't down there for it, but the uh, the photos and things Kelly sent me. I think the biggest story that she shared with me uh, was the horse. When you think about it, the horses were standing in water for weeks, you know, like that, you, there was oh no God. way to avoid. So the hoof issues is why laminitis became a really big issue. They ended up with a lot of secondary, you know, infections and things that just kind of uh, caused problems. You had horses just foot rot deteriorating, scratches like crazy. Um, and then there was no turnout. You didn't have, you know, fencing was kind of torn down. Uh, you had to, she was exercising horses by actually ponying them around the barn aisles that they still had anything that was still, you know, in cover. Um, her daughter would get on one of the horses, actually Binky, who I had last year was one. She was getting on bareback and ponying other horses off of her to kind of just walk the horses. But the, the conditions were, and the worst part about it was they, they have trouble in good years getting consistent hay and consistent forage and, and grain and things coming in. So in a time like that, the horses were, they were transitioning feed on a almost daily basis based on, it was kind of what's available. So, you know, hay was in slow ration. There was no pasture. Um, and there was a lot, you know, a lot of horses that were getting sick, losing weight, uh, because they didn't have access to, you know, quality food and they were standing and they were in conditions that were really, really wet. And we all know that no foot, no, you know, no hoof, no horse. So that was a lot of the problem. Well, uh, I, I just want to know if any of our listeners out there are, are interested in finding out more about uh, the Caribbean Thoroughbred Aftercare Program, uh, do, do, do they have a website or is there a, a retraining site they go to to learn more about it? Because you, you never know. It's the holiday season and people uh, get in the mood for doing a little bit of giving and we'd like to do whatever we could here at Winning Ponies to help get the word out. Yeah, so the website, adoptcaribbeanottb.org. Um, if anyone searches on Facebook for Caribbean Thoroughbred Aftercare, they can uh, donate through there. There's a PayPal link on, the, uh, on their actual website. So it's adoptcaribbeanottb.org, if I'm remembering correctly. And, uh, <laughs> the, but Caribbean Thoroughbred Aftercare pops up easily. They, the, the, awesome, the, the thing to keep in mind is getting these horses from Puerto Rico back to the U.S. is about $3,500 per horse. Uh, between quarantine, because we don't have to quarantine them when they go to Puerto Rico, but when they're coming back, they go through quarantine because of some of the uh, tick-borne diseases. So they have to go through a seven-day quarantine, and then the airfare, obviously, getting back to the U.S., uh, it's about $3,500 for each horse. So they definitely appreciate all the funds they can get. Well, uh, Kyle Rolfus, uh, I do want to check now. At one point, I was talking to somebody, and they said that you you specialize in war horses. Are war horses the ones yeah. that have made close to a hundred starts or more? What, what what makes you a war horse? So, and it's kind of disputed across the aftercare world what people will call it. But the the general uh, accepted that I seem to find is if they've had more than fifty starts or they've earned more than a hundred thousand dollars. So obviously, you know, some of those campaigners, you know, you're you're your graded stakes winners are getting a hundred thousand dollars in very few starts, but I tend to, to value it at if they've had more than 50 starts, they're, they're a campaigner. They've been, uh, they've been out there. 
uh, running hard for several years. Well, uh, I want to thank you for being on the show. And one last thing, do you think that after seeing Worthy of Wings and her looks, her attitude, and your ability to work with these horses that uh, she might be in competition at the Kentucky Horse Park this year? Yeah, she's actually in phenomenal shape for it. She came up here with weight on her. Obviously, she went within 48 hours. She went from 95 degrees to 35 degrees and 2,000 miles covered. So she, uh, But she handled it all really well. She looks great. She's got good movement. We'll still do x-rays and everything, and I'll do a full vet workup in a couple weeks here. She just got here about a week and a half ago. Um, but she will, she'll be going through all that. But yeah, as it looks now, she's, she's actually, I think, going to be able to show people that a 13-year-old with 138 starts still has a lot left in them. All right. Well, listen, Kyle, you're, you're, you're doing the Lord's work. I think it's fantastic. I'm glad you guys were able to, uh, you know, save this Buckeye bread because certainly, you know, any horse that can make 138 starts, I know 72 of them were here <laughs> in the Ohio yeah. region, um, you know, certainly deserves a, a good home and a great future. And from what I understand and what I've heard from other people is that you're the man to get her there. <laughs> well, thank you, John. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be given the opportunity. Well, thanks for joining us on uh, on, on Winning Ponies. And uh, I give my best to Shelly Blodgett, who was the first person to contact me about this situation. And I'm so glad she made it back here. And all of us in racing appreciate the uh, efforts that uh, people like you put into horses like her. Well, thank you. All right, we've been talking with Kyle Rolfus. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and we'll come back. We're going to the Railbird. That's right. Bob Railbird Roberts is going to be joining us. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com The home of the easy win form The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses At most American and Canadian tracks Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races Don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with us, a gentleman, uh, if I can call him that, uh, that we've had on the show many times, Bob Railbird Roberts. As I told you at the top of the show, he's a native Clevelander, uh, but he's uh, had a lot of good track experience, both as a turf writer for the Cleveland Plain Dealer, uh, the Cleveland Press, uh, you know, he's a uh, was a the lead writer for the Ohio Thoroughbred Magazine for many years, and uh, uh, just a, a ray of sunshine in racing, shall I say. So with no further ado, Bob Railbird Roberts, how are you, my friend? There's not much sun up here in Cleveland, I can tell you that. No, <laughs> it's a total no. 33 degrees tonight. No, and we're supposed to get a little bit of a break here, but no, by break I mean temperature. It's going to be rain all freaking yeah, I weekend. I know what you mean. <laughs> it's winter time, pal. That's just the way it is. Well, you know, it was interesting. You know, no sooner was uh, I was getting ready to email you about being a guest on the show this week that I turned on the daily racing form and Chuck Scaravelli who you and I both know, to, to introduce our audience to him. I did mention him at the top of the show. Uh, he wrote for the Daily Racing Form. Uh, you know, he was a chart caller. He was a clocker, uh, you know, for decades. What I didn't know until I read this story was that Chuck galloped horses as a teenager and trained horses for almost 40 years. I had no idea. He was a he was a very good athlete in high school at, the, at a Catholic school called Benedictine and. uh it's funny you bring him up because him and I were extremely close, and I went to the mass, and I went to the cemetery just about a week ago. He was 90 years old, and his wife, he survived by his wife, and they were married 70 years. Wow, what an anniversary yeah. that was. Holy but, cow. Uh, how about this, John? You're talking, you, you introduced me as the real bird. Chuck Scaravelli gave me that nickname at the Cleveland Press. Did he Chuck really? Quit Chuck quit the racing form when Izzy Newborn, legendary handicapper for the Cleveland Press, died. I applied for the job. Chuck applied for the job. Now, I was only 22 years old, so they weren't going to give it to me. So they gave it to Chuck, and then I came down there as just to get into the big leagues of newspapers. I went there as a desk, a copy desk sports guy, and they expanded the race page with charts and graded selections, and Chuck said to me, because we knew each other from the track, he said, why don't you handicap on the page? We'll just give you a little corner. You can, you know, one, two, three picks every day. He says, we'll just give you a nickname. We'll call you Railbird. I go, okay. He nicknamed me the Railbird. <laughs> oh, man. That, that is something I, got, I did not know. That's fantastic. Yes. It, it, it was all him. It was all him. Now, I got two great Chuck Scaravelli stories. In Go for it, days, baby. In the 60s and 70s and 80s, uh, they had a press box porter, and he, he, he would get us the racing forms in the programs, yep. bring up a tray of lunch meat and a loaf of bread and keep the coffee pot going. And in right. those days, there were no betting machines. So this guy went down every race from the press box and made our bets. 
And we had one was, at River Downs too. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. It was great. Yeah. Yes. Here, here, right. His scam was he kept the change. So if you bet two bucks on a horse and it paid eight eighty, you got eight. So don't be betting favorites to show because if the horse pays two eighty, you're getting your deuce back. He's taking the eighty. <laughs> so yeah. So one day Chuck taps out. He comes to me. He says. I was at the I was at the press by then because he quit the press and went back to the racing farm. He goes, I got a buck left and I love a horse in the next race. He says, Give me a dollar. I said, Okay, we're partners. So he gives he gives the uh, press box porter the two bucks and the guy goes and makes the bet. The horse wins and pays fifteen dollars on the head. And the porter came in the press box and says, You each got seven. <laughs> <laughs> I like that math. math. He was going to grab. He was grabbing fifty cents from both of us. <laughs> we fell on the floor laughing. We thought it was great. Oh well. Oh. Before you get to your next story, I want to share one of mine. Um, Go ahead. I was down there covering the best of Ohio, and back then we actually broadcast the the show on uh, Fox, and uh, so it was kind of right. a big production. And we had all these people, but of course yeah. they were picking up the tab after our rehearsal the night before. So. Uh, needless to say, some person overserved me that evening. So I walked into the press box, and there's Chuck, and he said, boy, what you do? I said, I got hit by a beer truck. And he said, here, sit down. So I sit down, and he takes his hands, he goes behind me, and does something on my neck, and then starts massaging my temples, and then tells me to breathe so many times. And and he says, okay, breathe three more times, and, and I do. And he says, get up. And I said, Oh my God! What did you? I never felt better. I couldn't believe it. Here's this guy. He, I'm up in the press box. He's in the Daily right. Racing Forum, massaging my temples. What's going on here? And it worked. He did. He, if you had a, if I went in there with a headache, he'd do the same. He says, I'll, "I'll relieve your headache." He just knew some kind of. He was like a trainer. He went to Ohio State. He didn't play there, but I think he was a trainer there. He learned some techniques there. He brought that back from when he went to Ohio State. Well, he was quite the character. So. Now, you know his son, Chuck Jr., yes. took a call from his dad for years. They were a team at Thistledown. Chuck called the races, and Jr. took the call, and then they, they would switch off every so often. So one day, Chuck Jr. says to me, man, I got to go, and one of my kids has a, I don't know, it's teacher's day or something. He, he says, would you do me a favor and take the call from my dad for the last race? I go, oh, man, I've never done that. He goes, he'll go slow. Don't worry about it. So I go down there for the last race. I got the clipboard and the pen, and I'm ready. And for the last race every day, Chuck's mother, who was probably in her 80s or 90s, and his sister, they would come to the track three or four days a week. They would come to the, to the racing form room on the press box level for the last race, and then they would all leave together. So they're sitting in the back, and they're off, and Chuck blurts out the first call. I go, man, I got that. That wasn't bad. And they get to around the 3 eighths pole, and he, he does the second call. I got that. Now, they're turning for home. And by the way, his mother and his sister would bet every race. And I'm getting ready for the next <laughs> the stretch call. And all of a sudden, behind me, I hear six, six, six. They're cheering for the six horse. I looked at the pad. All I had was sixes on the page. Because <laughs> those are the only voices you were hearing. Huh? Yeah, here was these, these two women yelling six, six, six. We, we, we fell down laughing that day, too. So I have nothing but great memories of Chuck. We had a ball together. Yeah, he was always positive and upbeat. Anytime, you know, I only got up oh. there like maybe twice a year. But when I did, he greeted me like, you know, I was a regular. Uh, he, he was right. such a good guy. And now I believe no. there's, 
we're on our third generation with Tim Scaravelli working at the track. That's a, that's a, that's that's the son. That's the son. No, yeah, two sons. Yeah, no, Chuck Chuck's Jr. his son. So Tim's had a had a great career at Equibase, and Timmy's his youngest son. And I thought Timmy Timmy calls the races for Equibase at the Thistle Down, and he also does Mahoning Valley in the winter. Those are his two tracks. I thought he was. You know who was at the the funeral mass? You remember him, the jockey? I I don't think he's riding anymore. Jason Lumpkins was at the uh, funeral mass. Remember Jason? Absolutely. Let me tell you, that guy won a slew of races, you know, from here to Golden Gate Fields. That's right. He started at Waterford or slash Mountaineer, and then came to Cleveland, and then went out. Then I went out west. Yeah, yeah. He was there because yeah. uh, the Scarvellis and the, and uh, Timmy Timmy was really close with uh, Jason. In fact, Timmy Timmy was uh, a mechanical wonder. When he was a kid, he would take apart the Chuck's lawnmower and put it back together just to see how it worked. So I needed a, a satellite dish put on my roof, and Timmy was really good at that. So I hired him to come and put the satellite dish on my roof, and. Lumpkins came with farm with a ride. He came with him for the ride, and I live on a golf public golf course. And Lumpkins says, "Oh, I like. Can I hit some balls in your backyard?" I go, "Yeah, but just you know, just aim outward, not not towards my house." I'm on the <laughs> roof with him, and Lumpkins is in the backyard aiming at people on the golf course. I go, "That's enough of that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get kicked out of here." <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll never forget well, you know, the race backer. I'll never forget the day that uh, Lumpke and Mike Rowland came in town and uh, came into Cincinnati, rode in the $150,000 Queen City Oaks uh, for the yep. Corrado family. Uh, one, oh for Al, one for Al and one for his son. Help me Mark. here. Mark. Mark. And uh, the horse is dead heated. In a hundred and fifty thousand dollar race. Oh I my still, God! I kind of remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still got the photo right. of Lumpkins and Roland hugging each other like they were congratulating each other <laughs> instead of like you know flipping each other off, saying I should have got that photo. Uh, but it was pretty Mark cool. Mark and that I the, are still good friends. Right. Yeah. Mark and I went on a vacation. You tell me where we went. I maybe I've told you this. Mark and I went on a vacation. It was just three guys: him, his buddy, me, and and Mark. We went to. Far away, we went for three things. Soccer, uh, horse racing, and the best beef in the world. Where'd we go? South America. Oh, you're hot. Now, what city? Oh, don't get me, guy. There's no way, Bob. I can't guess. Buenos Aires, Argentina, where Trump is tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you should see the racetracks there. One's called San Isidro. The other one is called the Padromo or Palermo, uh, a Padromo Hippodromo to them, to us, uh, Palermo. They look, they look like the art museum. Beautiful racetracks. Just really stunningly beautiful. Yeah. So if you're ever looking for a place for a vacation, go to Buenos Aires. All right. Well, anytime I want a good story, I just uh, dial the number of Bob Railbird Roberts because you got a bunch of them. I'll tell you what, Bob, uh, let's uh, let's take a quick break here, uh, pay some bills when we come back. Maybe we'll look at those races at Aqueducts. How's that sound? You got it. You got All it. All right. I'm John Engelhart. This is Winning Ponies. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're 
What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, for about the next nine minutes, I have Bob Relbert Roberts with us, and uh, since a lot of you folks tune in here to try to see if we can pick some good horses, let's do that, Bob. Yeah. The the grade one Cigar Mile, I'm handicapping this race, it is tough. They've installed Mendelssohn, you know, as the uh, tepid favorite, then you've right. got... Horses coming off of long layoffs, you know, uh, you got horses stretching out. You got horses dropping back. This is a tough race. Um, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. I, I don't know how much, and it'll be interesting to see uh, the influence of the Kelso stakes because we got the one, two, three winners of the Kelso uh, at Belmont that was running uh, late September, um, and the, the the horse, you know, won that race. You got to give them some kudos here, man, uh, and that is pattern recognition. Uh, Jose mm-hmm. Ortiz. Once you see the name Ortiz on a horse, but you know you want to talk about a horse for course. He's two for two at Aqueduct. How about the mile distance? He's two for two at a mile, and he has yeah. been breaking the clockers clocks in the morning. Now I know he doesn't have the graded stakes experiences that several of the horses in here have. But he looks very interesting. Uh, it could be a pace scenario, too, because he's one of the ones that's going to want to go to the front. And I think the real mystery horse is this Coppertown, who uh, well, that's my had, pick. That's my pick. Who, he had limited starts in 2017, right. long layoff. Pletcher brings him back, and what does he do? Uh, he just reels off a 101 buyer, winning by five links after being bumped at the start. I got to well, guess he's. Well, you see that race. He got, yeah. He, he got whacked pretty good leaving the gate, and he's a speed horse. And then he was last, and then he came wide, and then he won easily. 
and he was, and it was like a, a very fast race for that day. Very fast race for that day. I mean, obviously this horse must have some issues to be sitting on the bench from October of last year to October of this year, but man, it was a very, very impressive effort. That Kelso, I keep a trip notebook on Belmont and Keeneland. That Kelso uh, stakes day was September 22nd and speed swept all the, uh, all the dirt races that day. So that takes a little bit away from pattern recognition. But it sure adds a little bit to Sunny Ridge, who tried to make up four lengths on the field and came up a length short. So, but it, it's a very competitive race. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any big stand out here. Mendelssohn looks good, but he hasn't won for a long time. In fact, he's well, he hasn't won in the United States, has he? He's zero for four in the United States. I know he was facing Bears, but he hasn't won yet. Yeah, I mean, I put a line through his derby, but I don't know how many excuses he has for the Travers, the Jackie Club Gold Cup, and the Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, And he also is going to be involved in a pace scenario with with pattern recognition. Right. And again, I don't know how fast Copper Town's going to go because you got to put a little bit of a line through his last race, even though he won it. I mean, just as far as the fact right. that he was forced to come from off the pace, which maybe that was a good thing. Maybe that showed us it was good. Now, that was a Keeneland. Well, it was six and a half, uh, but the horse has right. won at, at a mile. So, anyhow, feet to the fire, Bob. Give me your ticket. It could set up for the two closers from the Kelso Stakes. It could set up for Sunny Ridge with Arad Ortiz, or it could set up for Timeline for Johnny Velasquez, once trained by Jason Service, who's going nuts at New York. He's like 30, over 30% win percentage. And then you got Chad Brown, I mean, with timeline. I mean, Chad Brown's got pattern recognition. He's got the perfect setup there, doesn't he? He's got timeline coming off the pace, and he's got pattern recognition being on the pace. But right. I think this copper horse, this copper town, he just might be some kind of freak. So I'm going to put him first, and then I'm going to put Sunny Ridge and timeline with him. And an exact and a trifecta box, a win bet, and a couple of a couple of boxes for me in the uh, for the cigar mile. Where you go? I, I, well, I, I can't I can't argue with you. You know, I just think that <laughs> Mendelssohn's a bet against, and so I think there's value yeah. in this race. And uh, right. I, you know, I, uh, I I like all three horses you named. Where I'm going to go, I probably won't know till the day of the race. I probably won't know till I know what the track condition is. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I. I love your selections. Uh, to be honest with you, I love Mendelssohn. If you've ever seen him in person, Bob, he looks like uh, a statue of what no. a racehorse is supposed to look like. Uh, and again, he's a three-year-old. Is that what you saw him? Yeah, yeah. I watched him train, yeah. and I watched him, uh, you know, g- go to the gate on uh, in the uh, Derby. And uh, uh-huh. God, he's beautiful. He's absolutely gorgeous, but he's just not getting it done ever since the race over the UAE right. Derby. So, you know, let right. everybody else pour some money into them, and I won't have to. All right, let's see. Of the, uh, of the remaining races uh, that go there, the one that uh, I think has the most history, Bob, would be the eighth race, uh, the Remsen Stakes. Some very good horses have won this race o- over the year. But uh, this is another one that, you know, the, the odds, it's odd that you see an odds maker give a 6-5 to five shot and a 7-5 to five shot in the same race. And that's network effect and maximum mischief. I'm leaning towards network effect because he can rate. And if you look here, there's some horses that are going to want to go to the front, particularly his main rival and slight favorite right. in the morning line, Maximum Mischief. So, uh, again, right. uh, some guy by the name of Chad Brown trains him. I don't know anything about yeah. him. 
Again, yeah. You know, I'm leaning the same way you are. I mean, uh, that November 4th race, very fast race uh, compared to the other times on the day. So he looks like, but I'll tell you what, I, I watch all the New York races. When these horses come from parks, parks is tough. That's, there's some tough racing at parks, believe me. So this horse will give uh, network effect all he wants. I, 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 can, I can assure you that. This Maximus Mischief is probably no slouch, that's for sure. Uh, right. By I, the way, I'm that just day, lo- November 4th, my trip notes on November 4th at Aqueduct was speed was crushing that day, which may have uh, prevented the network effect making up all the ground he tried to make up. He did close, but he couldn't, he couldn't get to that uh, the coma in the stretch. So that was, it's a good effort, even though he lost. Uh, it, it will be an, an interesting race, and I want to make no more comments on it, so I can at least squeeze one more in because my producer's telling me I only got about two two minutes left. All right. uh, let me see. I'm going to let you pick because I gave you we got the Demoiselle and we got the Gopher Wand. Which one do you want to take? Well, the Demoiselle is weak. There's not a single stakes winner in that race. You know, it's pretty late in the year, so that, that, that's tough. Uh, the uh, the Gopher Wand looks like it's got more. Uh, more meat on it you know uh i think the favorite's going to be awfully tough i needed that horse for a pick three at the at churchill downs when it got beat a half a length in the uh breeder's cup philly and mare sprint i think uh this baffert this guy he, he, when he comes east just get out of the way and he's bringing mike smith with him so that that means a lot so there, and there's a ton of speed in this race john i think it sets up for marley's freedom there's a ton yes. of speed in here so absolutely, absolutely, and then the horse. That, by the way, I just looked online, and it's supposed to rain that day. The weather forecast says forty-six in rain. That uh, three-horse uh, sour loves yeah. wet racetracks. So if it rains, look out for sour off a uh, romping wind in the mud in the pumpkin pie at Belmont in, in late October. Well, Who do you I mean, like? I Marley's Freedom uh, absolutely yeah. put in a huge race, uh, breaking from the 13 right. hole at Churchill that day. And, uh, you know, a half a length separated four horses. Well, uh, my producer, Josh, by gosh, is saying it's time for us to go home. Bob, as All always, right. it is a pleasure talking <laughs> to you, whether it's on air or on a regular telephone uh, conversation, which we need to have soon on a variety of topics. All right. but Thanks a lot for you joining it. us. I enjoyed man. it, John. All right. Bob Railbird Thanks Roberts. Thanks for the invite. Uh, anytime, man. I, you you, right, you can be my guest anytime you want to be on. I want to thank uh, Bob <laughs> Railbird care. Roberts. All right. I'll see you. And then uh, Kyle Rolfus and the work that he is is doing is uh, just fantastic. I was glad to get the information from him and to congratulate him and to spread the information of how you can get a, a hold of uh, the, the people through uh, his uh, organization that he's working with right now. And, of course, one more time, that is the uh, Caribbean Thoroughbred Aftercare. And you can Google them and find out who they are. So with that said, i got to get out of here. I'm John Engelhart. Thanks for joining us on Winning Ponies. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.